0: the sleepwalker immersions into a world that awakes after dusk get ready let's go we're leaving in five an episode featuring leah plutonic a rising house dj that takes us on a journey into sound produced by ckt radio brought to you by elena meyer
1: I am Leah Plutonic,
0: and how do you start? How did you start music? How did you start DJing in Montreal? Um,
1: I started DJing only last year. Actually, my first gig was Picnic.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a pretty big gig to start with, it, isn't it?
1: Ridiculous. Yeah, I was absolutely shitting my pants. Oh yeah, it was like a dream of mine. Like when I'd started DJing almost five years ago, I'd like started by going to Picnic and irsonik and you know like big like edm okay and i was like yeah i'm gonna play on the stage one day and so to like get that offer i was like what the fuck um but that was the first time i played for like a proper audience and that kind of like catalyzed everything else the same guy who booked me i guess like enjoyed the set and booked me again for sat later that year uh, for igloo big gigs to start yeah i know i like almost was like crushed by the pressure and i had like really really bad imposter syndrome starting out because Mm. i was like why me like what is going on what what am i doing here i definitely don't belong here this is all a big weird mistake um and yeah it took several months to kind of like get out of that and be like no okay like I'm here, not by some like random chance, but I guess because people enjoy the music for whatever reason and wanna have me back. And so yeah, that that is how it it started like playing out. But I started DJing five years ago in CJP. My school had a DJ club and my friend at the time that I was partying a lot with was just like, we're going to go be DJs. And I was like, okay. <laughs> sure. I had no intentions of becoming a DJ or doing it. She literally just took my hand and walked me into it. and I Did spent... your friend
0: pull through too?
1: Yeah, she did. She is on her own path now. We kind of parted ways at the end of CGEP. Um, she's more focused on producing and she's traveling a lot and focusing on um, that side of music. And oh, yeah. I stayed in Montreal and just kept, partying and collecting and now playing for the last year
0: okay and have you do you produce music as well or do you mix
1: i do i am producing it's a very slow process um because i uh, i don't have any music theory training like i don't know my chords and my this and whatever. It's pretty impressive
0: how I feel I feel like everything is, everything you're doing is very improvised but then you're <laughs> performing in yeah. a set and performing at Igloo. A
1: okay. lot of it, yeah, a lot of it is definitely um improvised but also just like intuition, mm-hmm. you know, like um because I don't have any classical music training, a lot of the music I make really just comes from what I'm feeling. Like Everything I've experienced in the scene as a dancer and as a DJ and all of these feelings that they've brought to me, I'm just trying to channel those and you know, I have these ideas and these these feelings and I'm trying to just pull them out into music, but yeah, it's really improvised and it's going very slowly, but we're getting there. I'm hoping in the next like year or so, I'll be able to share some things that I have, but mm. I would like to take my time with it. Yeah. Because it has to be very intentional.
0: And did you... um, Have you performed in Montreal... Like, only in Montreal specifically, or...? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Only in Montreal. It's a dream of mine to be able to play and dance elsewhere. Um, I love Montreal so dearly. When I discovered Mm -hmm. the scene, it was like, holy fuck. Like, I have entered the underground. It's mm. like when I was 16 and like started partying, I was out on like St. Laurent. As we, at ICA, as we, all, as we all start out, you know, du sang, you know, all where... these places that you're like, Oh, you know, I'm going to get in with my fake idea. They're not going to card me or whatever. Um, and I quickly realized that this was not, this,
0: this is not was it. not
1: for me. This was not it. The culture was just very, sloppy like this is the word that i use but maybe it's unfair but i think it's kind of sloppy and that you know we were talking about this before it mm. is like so heavily revolved around what's alcohol. a business i feel like it's very it's business, very much a business. It's so a much you know do you have a bottle like do you have a table you know with people are you around in you? heels in the tiny little dress with all mm. your friends and men are coming up to you wanting to buy you drinks trying to holler at you and just like a very strange energy in there that i could never like fully you see it in the
0: marketing too the second you have women alcohol and sparkles yeah it's
1: pretty much says a lot
0: about about it
1: yeah absolutely and it was just yeah i tried that for a little bit and i just could not get into it and it was at picnic that i had met this guy He was friends with the DJ, like we'd saw him on stage. And then my friend who had like brought me into DJing Mm. was like, that guy knows the DJ. We're gonna go talk to him right now. And I was like, okay. And we went and we were just chatting him up and we ended up getting his number. And he invited us to a bunch of his shows. He is in 00AM, which is a DJ group uh, in Montreal. That is Kane Ocean, Martin Booty Spoon and Farron Lean. But they were playing a lot at Dacha and SAD and Salon d'Alme, and he just invited us to all of their shows. And so it was through him that I was able to discover the scene and learn about these venues and see parties where the focus is not, you know, on just like really sloppy, Mm. like alcohol and commercial and top 40. Like people were there to dance. Mm to enjoy the music and the music music was so good they played a lot of house that just spoke to me and resonated with me and it was through that that I started like digging for my own music and finding my own sound and things that I liked but yeah these uh these venues were so instrumental and like Mm. bringing me into the scene and just showing me what actually exists in Montreal beyond what um beyond what's on the surface and beyond what you think the nightlife is mm-hmm. which is just like Saint Laurent and you know I'm I'm trying to find a word for this kind of like these kinds of parties and culture. Um, how can we describe it? Commercial club. Commercial Yeah commercial I feel like clubs.
0: it's like an inter- an entertainment business, yeah. not industry.
1: I don't know yeah. But I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm like still trying to conceptualize this, and I feel I always feel bad for like talking about it because it feels like I'm talking shit, but I'm not. It's just like this is like what it is. Like, but would these you say? Spaces... Would
0: you say the this underground nightlife you're talking like you're talking about is not? I feel like it's not accessible. Would you say it's not accessible
1: to most people? I think you know that's a very interesting question because I feel like it because is... it's true we've all started on Saint Laurent like, yeah, we all got to Saint Laurent we we've all crossed there. Paths there
0: we've done every single club there but and you have we...
1: to you have to get to these spaces like okay they're inaccessible in the sense that they're not as highly promoted in terms of like for 16 year olds who are looking to go out partying mm-hmm. like we'll always look to Saint Laurent and we'll look to these commercial spaces but to know that like Dacha exists or Sat or you know, Saint Soleil like you have to know somebody who has been there or, you know, kind of like frequent those areas. So it's not so much as that. I don't know. I wonder, is it inaccessible or is it just a little bit harder to to access?
0: Mm. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was just wondering. I, but uh Salsoda and Osmo are very cool concepts. I love it. I love the concept of it. It's like never... fusion and like it's... yeah. It's because Chris created Sans Soleil. The only reason how uh, like, it exists, if I'm not wrong, is to be able to do Sans Soleil, because Sans oh, Soleil yeah. couldn't exist on its own. It obviously needs like a financial facade, like mm-hmm. a business. Um, yeah, I was and listening to that. That's the only reason it exists, and podcast. I find the concept,
1: it's such a cool concept. I love it. I love the intention mm. behind it. I haven't even been, I've just seen amazing videos, and I've had that's friends that play cool, there, right? and my partner's gone there several times. I just haven't had the opportunity yet, but I love, uh, from what I've seen, such an intimate space. Mm.
0: And it's very small. It has a ridiculously big sound system for the size of the room, but it's basically a space where you can enjoy music that can't really. I'm not saying can be danced to, but it's Mm. yeah to enjoy deep house and techno and yeah uh, and soul, but you don't really dance to it. You just have a drink and listen to that and. Mm. there's not many areas where you can do that, so it's it's a very cool space.
1: Yeah, where the focus is, like, appreciation. Mm, literally. That's I love it that. I love that you so much. You should definitely much. check it out. It's really Yeah, cool. I want to, and I am. I definitely am. But, yeah, I think we definitely need more spaces that are music appreciation. I know you mentioned you spoke to Albert mm-hmm. uh, recently. He does Sunday Listening Club at Subu, mm-hmm. which, yeah, it's just, like, a four-hour thing on Sunday where, you know he invites uh, other DJs or he himself will play and it's not uh, it's not meant to be dancing necessarily you can play whatever you want you can play um, house you can play ambient stuff you just like when he invited me I was so excited because I was like wow I have thousands of songs that are not like dance floor appropriate mm. that aren't like four four and, and this that don't kind of fit energy. into any particular
0: box exactly that you want to display. Yeah. yeah
1: but i have all this music and so it was such a nice opportunity to be able to play that and i think sans soleil does the same thing and i love that it's records only mm. because that is also um, so much music that is not inaccessible but that you know th- there's such a big difference between like records and digital.
0: Yeah, then, we had this debate. Yeah. Times. Do you
1: use digital or do you use records? Both.
0: Okay. Yeah. And would you prefer?
1: I would like to get to a point where I'm like more comfortable with doing an all vinyl set. Mm. Right now I'm pretty much doing half half or sometimes yeah. all digital if there's no turntables available but can can you use them simultaneously
0: I don't even know if that's possible you can you can yeah how how does that even work yeah
1: I will usually request two CDJs and two turntables okay so you can play records with records and digital with digital but also digital with records okay yeah because they're all on the same mixer right so you could just like put in a record and then Mm. I could mix a digital into that ultimately it's just all beat matching Mm -hmm. yeah which I'm so grateful I learned how to do that early on because now with like the newer equipment, there is the sync button where you can just press the button and it automatically the songs are beat matched and woohoo. And you can do whatever you want. But when I started the gear that we had at the DJ club was like the CDJ 900s that I don't think we had the sync or maybe we did, but It didn't have the, like, very vivid waveform that's on, like, the new equipment. It was just, like, black and white. And, you know, the BPM wasn't super um, precise. Mm. And so there was a lot of, like, you just having to learn how to make the rough (laughs) way. But honestly, I think that's the basics. Like, Mm. of a DJ, a disc jockey, like, I'll have people who... Will come into my home and be like, "Why do you use records? Why records? Don't you know there's analog and or digital?" And I'm like, "Oh, you know, I never thought about that. I'm b- just gonna throw out my, my, you know, thousands of dollars of equipment and my yeah. entire record collection because, yeah, why? Why wouldn't I have thought of that? You know? Yeah. But there is something so real." And authentic about mixing records, about having this physical piece of music that I can bring with me, that I can hug, that I can charge with my energy, and that I can bring into the space and fully manipulate. And it was in 2018 when I saw Octo Octa at Picnic. She plays, she's a vinyl only DJ. And that set changed my life like oh, yeah? I had never seen a DJ work like that like the things that she was doing and the narratives she was telling through the music through these records and it just changed everything for me I was super into them that's when I started digging and collecting and um, I actually had the privilege of meeting her last year oh, wow. yeah <laughs> she Some came moment, I huh? know i literally burst into tears like i couldn't i couldn't control it like she she just like came and i was like oh my god i'm leah and she was like i know okay and i just fell apart and i cried and i gave her one of the first records that i bought after Mm -hmm. like seeing her set yeah and she gave me one back and so i have one of Octo Octo's records that she has played like her fingerprints are on it (laughs) this you know record has been in her home in these parties has all of the energy of the spaces that she's brought it into and now like it's yours now it's mine you know and there's something I don't there's something so powerful about records in in this sense the physicality of them Records and digital, but my goal eventually is to be comfortable, to be able to just have all records. What's the best compliment you've ever gotten? Somebody came up to me after a set and was like, I felt it. They felt it. And that's all they had to say. I knew what it was. They knew what it was. And it doesn't even have any other name than just, like, that. Mm. Like,
0: well, it's lint again to, like, this tangible feeling you're trying to tell me about.
1: Yeah. And, like, they said that, you know, they felt that I was taking them on a journey. And that's exactly what I was trying to do. Like, it was the first party after lockdown. Like literally dance floors opened at midnight Mm. and we were having the party that night and it was a very intentional set in my playlist it was also one of the still one of the first gigs i did i think maybe like my fourth Mm -hmm. third or fourth um and so i i put a lot of feelings out there about you know The pandemic and how much this like first dance meant to me and how much I think that it meant to other people and I was really just trying to get that out through the speakers and so for that person to say that they felt it I was like yes yes I did yes (laughs) I did like I it's exactly what I was putting out there and to know that it was received that way like fully the way that I intended was just like the biggest, biggest compliment to me. I think I I consider myself a house DJ. Mm-hmm. My roots are definitely very deep in house, but I have branches kind of all over the board. Um, I play also a lot of like electro, some techno. I love breakbeat and mm. stuff, but it's just like this amalgamation of just like really good sounds from all over the place. Um, It's very hard for me to genre. I'm so bad with genres. I'm always like asking people like, what genre is this? Or what would you say this is? Because for the longest time, I literally had like four playlists. Mm It was like house, everything that sounded anything remotely like house just went into this big bank. There's like 600 songs in there. It's disgusting. (laughs) It's only lately that I've been like, hey, I need to be more efficient about this. Be more precise. Be more precise. Um, but yeah, genres, I'm still working on. Other than that, I think just my music is very emotional. Mm-hmm. Like I am such a emotional and sensitive person. Like this is just like how I operate purely out of my heart chakra. And that's what guides me in terms of like the music that I am digging, in terms of what I play in a given moment, how I make my music. Um, And so it's very emotional, sometimes very sad, sometimes Mm. very hopeful or euphoric or so many different emotions across the board. But yeah, it's really important for me to feel things on the dance floor and hopefully make other people feel
0: things. Are there any personalities you look up to specifically?
1: Oh, so many. Octa yeah. Octa, obviously. Octa, we <laughs> Duh, got that. My queen. Um, her partner as well, Eris Drew. Um, Black Loops is a big love of mine, which I also he was have. here recently. I, I, I met saw him. His, Were I you at there at yeah. Francisco's? We met after and, oh my God. It I did not get to meet him. But... The best. I literally went there. I was like, I'm going to. Well, he did a set
0: with the fellows, right? He did. That's crazy. Yeah, that's really insane.
1: And Jean-Pascal Groove from Groovy Castle was there also. The whole whole gang. The whole gang was there. (laughs) There. It was such a beautiful, beautiful moment. I have always connected really deeply with his music. He's one of the first artists that I, like, listened to when I was like digging and like Mm -hmm. discovering house. who else so many shinichiro yokoda he is oh, a no. japanese house producer i think he when did he start making music i want to say the 80s or the 90s okay. and his sound is just such pure house like every time i listen to his music i'm like this guy just gets it i have he, to check it out you I, totally have to, have to check no him idea who out he is. i don't and, know if that's pure ignorance or... no 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 <gasps> it's and like okay not a lot of people know about him like he's not as big as he should be Uh so it's totally not like there's very few people that i mention him to that know him but i feel like it's part of my duty to like spread the word of shinichiro yukota like this man deserves all of the love and we can possibly no for real for real he's the sweetest sweetest soul look up to him a lot as well because I feel like I feel like all of these people that I've named are just uh, connected to something
0: Mm.
1: I really don't know how to describe it but there's something that when I listen to their music that just like speaks to me on a soul level and I don't know what they're channeling to like make these things or where it comes from but I just know that there's a wealth of something in each of them that gets translated through their music and yeah just speaks to me so dearly Lone also love alone. um wow it's so hard to name off the top of my head but these these people that I've named have definitely shaped uh, shaped me in terms of you know the things I like to listen to and the things that I aspire aspire to be as like a DJ and producer
0: another question I was meaning to ask um, so there's will this come assumption that this jockeying is a particularly genderfied space Mm -hmm. Um, is that the case?
1: is it the case? this is a good question
0: because some people have talked to her telling me it's a very light back it's very chill it's very open and then other people telling me it's it carries lots of stereotypes, it's mm. pretty genderfied. Um, so, I was
1: wondering if you had any thoughts about that. I mean, from your experience. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of male DJs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always really excited to be a part of like an all female lineup or like queer, BIPOC. Um, like I feel like this is like being promoted a lot more mm-hmm. and it's really nice to be to be in these in these spaces um, there's definitely that kind of like added pressure mm-hmm. being a queer black woman I mean in any space but like in this space as well specifically yeah. specifically because just like DJing there's so much so much pressure you know a lot of the imposter syndrome as well just came from like you know, you're there standing at the head of the fucking ship and people are just staring at you, <laughs> expecting things from you. Like, people want to dance. People want a piece I mean, of you your kind soul. Of dec- yeah, you determine
0: how the night goes. <laughs> you do. Usually people like people like me who go to events and... Have a good time is the 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 success of the event is based generally based on how good the music was the yeah. music was not that great we didn't dance that well no right
1: so like, you do have quite a bit of responsibility. there's a lot of responsibility and it's so heavily weighted but then to also be in these spaces that are like you know i don't want to say this if it's not true but mm-hmm. what i feel are predominantly male they you are, know? Predominantly male oh, yeah. are dominated spaces that's why i'm asking it's- yeah and there's like i don't know there's also this like I don't want to say like a bro culture but like you know the bros and you know I always walk into these spaces and all the boys are like you know together and doing their shots and this and whatever and it's a very different very different energy and then to then come in and like not really be necessarily about any of that like I just want to like be there and have a good time and dance and make sure other people have a good time and I don't know they're it's definitely um, a point of tension. Yeah. Uh, but I am like slowly moving through that as well. And just, just like being more comfortable with myself in general as a person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I have that stability, then it kind of it, like everything else will like fall away. You know, okay. I, I won't have to worry about, you know, being the only like black person in the space or being, you know, the only like woman DJ on the lineup, I can just be really confident in like who I am right now Mm. and the music that I have and my intentions for the space and kind of just let that lead.
0: And do you see yourself pursuing a career in music or is
1: it more like just a hobby? I definitely want to have a, a career in it. I like,
0: you're moving so
1: fast. I'm just know. like, I mean, you might as well become a DJ at this point. I would love to become a DJ. Like, I have, I would love to play abroad. Like, as much as I love the Montreal scene, I know that there's so much more out there. I'd mm. love to go to Chicago or Detroit, where house music is literally in their history, it's in the roots of the city. Mm. And, you know, I feel like it's a completely different energy there. And that's something that I would love to experience. Um, so, that is. Coming up when I finish my bachelor's. Uh, Do you already have plans for that? Oh, yeah, yeah. As soon as I graduate, I would like to hopefully do a little tour and just like spend some time in Europe and maybe play, but mostly just to like get that experience of nightlife and music elsewhere in the world. Yeah, my another dream is to be like, okay, because I'm doing my bachelor's in psychology Mm -hmm. right now. Um, I am a psychedelic researcher Um, I love drugs I'm a big promoter for like safe drug use and the psychedelic psychotherapeutic experience Mm -hmm. and I would like to get to a point where I can kind of bring those two parts of myself together where I am like At the booth djing and you need drugs and you can come get them from me and i'll teach you all about it and i'll keep you safe and i you know and you know if you need some therapy after some integration after the set we can totally have a session like that that is (laughs) never thought about it this way this is hopefully where i see um both of my careers kind of like coming together at a certain point but right now i'm just kind of juggling them both yeah. yeah giving a little to djing on this part of the week and then back to school and yeah until they can come together
0: um and in your you've, you didn't start a long time ago you started five years ago
1: five years ago that i started like beat matching djing yeah but really only one year since last september that i've been playing out
0: so would it make sense if i asked you what's the most important lesson you've learned so far mm. Even if it's been a short career, yeah, is there an, a, something specific you're like, or it's a piece of advice you'd give to someone that's starting in music? Yeah, perhaps. right. All the pandemic DJs.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I think the biggest lesson that DJing has taught me is maybe presence.
0: What do you mean?
1: like to be present to be very like right here I'm somebody who historically has lived a lot in like the past and in the future and you know if I have like a very deep emotional experience like negatively let's say breakup whatever Mm -hmm. like I'll tend to get very stuck in a certain place in time and really neglect the now and this has been like a trend throughout my life and djing like you can't be anywhere else you can but then i think that affects the set right Mm -hmm. because we're all here right now like people are hungry for the music and they want to dance and you have to be there to to give it to them and it's for that reason that i don't really dj uh i don't really smoke or drink i usually dj sober because i like to be present Mm -hmm. and because of the, the strong demands and responsibility at that point in time, it's really taught me to just like be there, to fully give myself and my energy and my attention to the room, to the energy that everyone is giving to like that moment. And that's something that I've been able to take with me outside of the dance floor as well, which has been so instrumental. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, and some advice, um, I would just say, like trust yourself. Mm. Um, I had a really, really long point in time where I didn't really trust that, you know, this was all supposed to be happening to me or that I didn't really believe that it was like true. Um, but it was. It was all true. and it literally just kept kind of like going and mm. snowballing and you know, from those gigs. From the first gigs I played, like, there hasn't really been a break. Like, I've played maybe every month, uh, every other weekend since then. Um, So there could be a There's going to be a lot of self-doubt and a lot of times where you're literally like, what the fuck am I doing here? (laughs) Who am I? Like, ah. (laughs) Uh, Lots of screams, lots of uh, internal turmoil, but it's, it's so important to... For me to just like come back to like no I am supposed to be here and I just need to fully trust that Uh, I've had moments where I'm also like I don't know if people are gonna like this I've never heard these songs being played in this space before Mm. like are people going to react are people gonna hate it and a piece of advice that my friend had given me was just play things that you love and they will resonate Because if you are playing from your heart, like, that is where it's at. It's not what you think people want to hear. It's what you want to hear. And that has been also very instrumental in that, like, this is how I go into all of my sets now. With the intention of, like, I want to have a good time. I see myself, I try to see myself primarily as a dancer before dj
0: because
1: okay. i'm like if i am able to dance and have a good time then like we are having a good time and so definitely just play from your heart trust yourself and everything is going to follow
0: have there ever been um that's just more of a question like i'm curious has mm-hmm. there ever been any conflict of interest between what you want to play and what like so the narrative you're trying to trace mm-hmm. and then music that maybe um, people who book you won or if oh, yeah. if you
1: have there been is yeah. that <laughs> topic of contention like not not all the time but it definitely has happened I want to say two or three times um, one of my oh. earlier gigs I was booked to play in this bar that like I knew was a tech house space uh-huh. and I was like okay I recognize that this is a tech house space, I'm not going to play a tech house set. Okay. Like I made that decision. Because I don't like it's really important for me not to just like conform. Yeah. And, you know, okay, well you want this and so I'm gonna go and be this for you. Like, no. I
0: am I am
1: just like a person and I have like very specific intentions of like why I'm a DJ in the first place. Like I from the very beginning, rejected like uh, open format DJing and like commercial. Like the goal for me was never to play uh, at École or mm-hmm. at Music or, or whatever. Like it's not. Um, I don't want to play what's popular. I want to play what I'm feeling, and I want to mm-hmm. make you feel something. Um, so those are my intentions. But for that set, I was like, okay, I have a couple tech house tracks that I'll play just to like make people comfortable because I know that this is a space that this is what they're familiar with but I'm also going to try to tease you with that and Mm. like play this song that's a little more soulful and melodic but it has a similar beat so maybe you're going to like it and um, I think overall it went well but after the promoter was like oh this other person the other DJ that I was playing with like maybe it was playing more electro and maybe I shouldn't have booked them. And I was like, Oh, like, but you booked us, (laughs) you know, like, exactly. Like I, so that was just like really interesting for me. It was the first time that I was like, Hmm, you know, isn't it your responsibility as a promoter that you know what you're getting into, Mm. you know, like you book a DJ knowing what they are going to bring to the space, not automatically assuming that they're going to conform to Mm the confines of that space and so that was the first time that I experienced something like that um so there definitely is that uh like that definitely exists in in the scene in certain spaces
0: have you had any like bad experiences on set or DJing or bad gigs or I don't know given that this is something new and I feel like um Mm -hmm. You've, you've kind of thrown in there and yeah, you're kind of like in French, in. We, in French we say en terrain you're mm, just like mm-hmm. taking it pace by pace and kind of seeing what happens yeah have, have you had any bad, bad surprises or so far so
1: good bad surprises just like full on train wrecks or
0: <laughs> cause <laughs> yes definitely yeah.
1: definitely um train wrecks in terms of like I'm like putting in a song and the beat match is like not
0: just, just
1: like not working you know all oh, okay. of a sudden like my brain is just, like, off, and it's not sounding good. But thankfully, it hasn't been as bad as that. Like, I haven't, like, completely embarrassed myself yet, I think, you know. Probably not. Uh, I think one of the, like, I don't know, worst quote-unquote experiences, maybe not worse, so much as, like, shocking, is I was playing with, I was doing a B2B with a friend of mine, and this guy came and was talking to us, and... He was really, he was really sweet. And I was like, okay, I don't mind the energy that you're bringing. And then at some point I went to get a drink and I came back and he was in the booth and he was touching the fucking decks. Like my friend is mixing and he was like, you know, just like jogging the jog wheel and doing this. And I was like, you need to leave right now. Like I was totally fine with you being here and hanging out, but like, this is completely unacceptable. Like. I almost kicked this guy out of the club. Oh, really? Yeah, like, what the fuck? I've never, ever heard of that, seen that, experienced that. It just felt so disrespectful um, for you as, like, a random person to just come yeah. up on the decks with these DJs that you do not know in the slightest and just start, like, touching things. Um, but, yeah, that was maybe the most, like, shocking.
0: But what are, what are your takes on B2Bs?
1: b2b's mm. i love them we love
0: them but isn't it kind of frustrating to not know because do you know the people like do you get to know them before or is it just like oh we're gonna improvise together sometimes this is a vibe.
1: sometimes for b2b's we'll like meet up say we'll like come to the studio and we'll just like play each other some tracks and we'll like mm-hmm. practice together to kind of get an idea of what um the other person is like feeling yeah. for that night but other times, we just, like, haven't had the time. And yeah. I'm just like, Kate, I want to play some house. And I packed some, <laughs> like, breakbeat records. And they're like, okay, yeah. I'll do what's for And you. then we just show up and and do it. But honestly, I was, like, very scared of them at first for that reason exactly, of, like, what... Yeah. I don't know your music. You don't know my music. I don't know what's going to happen. But it's honestly so fun to kind of, like share that responsibility with somebody else. Mm. But you also get a lot of like, because when you're DJing solo, it's just you and the crowd that are having a conversation in terms of like, Oh, you like what I'm playing Oh, yeah. I'm feeling this way and I'm going to play that. But mm. when you have it's somebody else, yeah. So it's not only going one way, but it's also going uh, two ways and kind of like three ways yeah, and then yeah. it like circles But is Um, there um is there other like unspoken rules or is it pretty much Unspoken rules. I mean, depending on who you're B2Bing with, if this person is comfortable, like let's say your person, like your partner is mixing into your song. Like it's happened before that I have like put on a record and they are mixing into the record, um, and it's a little off like, the the beat match starts to, like, bit, yeah. lose a little bit. And if the other person is okay with that, I will, like, jog my record just to mm-hmm. kind of help them so that it just stays on time for them. But I know there are other people who are like, no, this is a big no-no, mm. do not touch the decks when, like, well, I am mixing. Say, yes. Yeah, So I guess it depends on the person. Like, I don't mind the help. and <laughs> I have friends that, like, don't mind the help either, but... Other than that, um, no, it, it really it really depends on the person. Some people have more preferences. Maybe some people like to play uh, two two, so yeah. like they get to do a transition, yeah. and then you get to do your transitions. But I often like playing one one, like we each put in a track. Okay. I put one, you put cool. one, so we're literally just feeding off each other's mm. energy, and it's so much fun. Okay yeah but then after doing b2b's for a while i remember when i had my first like solo show again i was like okay fuck yeah i'm so ready for this because now it's like fun to play with other people but it's also fun to be in full control of the narrative and being able to take people through a journey that i can fully orchestrate so it's really nice to have a balance balance of both
0: All right. Um, Is there anything you wanted to share or something you wish I'd asked
1: you? Kind of to reiterate that, like, advice that Mm -hmm. I had for other people, that helped me so much. Like, I would not be able to be where I am today uh, at all had I just, like, let myself get pulled into those doubts Mm -hmm. and into that imposter syndrome. Like, it really has to come from a place within you where you can say like, yes, I believe in myself and I trust myself and I deserve this.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's just,
1: it's so weird to just like be like talking about um, all of these things.
0: I mean, you'll probably listen to this in a few years and be like, whoa,
1: (laughs) definitely. Definitely. This is literally just my first, first, proper year as a dj mm-hmm. so i can't even imagine the things that await me um i hope you'll pull through with your plans after your me too That'd be really i cool. really hope so um so, so yeah thank you for your time lovely thank you for inviting me and giving shit about what i am to No, i, to they, I, I really just <laughs> i feel like because i really feel like there's so many people out
0: there. This was the fourth out of a series of episodes about what goes down after dusk, produced by LNF for CKT Radio. A big thanks again to Leo Plutonic and the soundtracks were produced by her as well. Thanks for listening and take it easy, everybody.